On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. FBK sends it in. There's a chance. A goal! Own goal! It's an own goal, and Melbourne victory have taken a 1 0 lead in the 77th minute. The own goal has dogged Brisbane Roar all season long, and it's back here. What a turn of events. Victory fans won't care. It's 1 0. Barbarossa gets it back. Ben Calfalon the wing, and there's the whistle. There is the whistle. Ace Gutter scoreboard. When it's Ace Gutters, it's built to last. Melbourne victory one. Brisbane Roar nailed the difference. And Jade North own goal gives victory a hard-earned but well-deserved victory here tonight. Yes, and uh, welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. It is the Four Diego's Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. And uh, hey, thanks to the SEN call team on another great call on a, an interesting match tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Ed Wyatt, Dave Clarkson and Jonathan Howcroft. Vinny Venezuela, you're here as well. Welcome. I am here. Thank you for welcoming me. The important thing tonight <laughs> is that the right team won. Yes, <laughs> and, and Warren, you'd uh, echo that sentiment. <laughs> And great Carlos Alberto Diego, welcome to the show. I think the dead air tells us yeah, what he really right. thinks that's about right. that. I think there's something about something something that's actually quite I don't know uh, joyous, uh, uh, but- aesthetic. Something mm. that's really aesthetic about winning ugly. Beautiful, Carlos. Yeah, it's the beautiful game. Yeah, well, winning ugly. No, don't, it's not the beautiful. Game. <laughs> no, no, there's beauty in winning ugly. That's what you're saying. Well, no, no. There's there's some there's. <laughs> Oh, how do you say? He you will know, not. He will not know, use the word beautiful no, and game it, together. I won't use beautiful and game together. You're right there, Vinny. But it's <laughs> like you know, you're you know, a stubborn man, Carlos. You know, people call me ruggedly handsome. Yeah, well, that's you know, beautiful. And, and you're I'm, not a beautiful, I'm not a beautiful person, but I'm. People are drawn to me because of my <laughs> rugged yeah. handsomeness. Are you going to call? You might as well talk about yourself who, in the who, third who, person, Carlos. Who, who are these people, Carlos? All the Japanese people on the uh, fast train. Um, but uh, there was something quite. Beautiful, I think. Mm. Oh, I'll so use the word go. beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful aesthetic <laughs> about uh, the the contest tonight. There was a, a very scrappy two teams at, at each other. A dodgy own goal. The only thing I thought the game missed was James Donicky getting the own goal, which would have made a trio of yeah. own goals this year. They've, but, uh, they've scored about. Oh, they scored four goals last week to beat Newcastle. But that's. I think they've scored seven goals for. Well, they, they've conceded. Three goals from own goals, yeah. Brisbane. Now, I'm not going... I don't like going out on the edge and being controversial for the sake of it. But <laughs> I'm going to tonight. And I'm actually going to do that to try and stimulate Melbourne victory fans. Because people would know that you were serious about taking getting rid of the offside rule. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, and I still don't think but that's, that's another. We won't go there right you now. You know what? I think, genuinely, as much as the victory are, und- are undefeated... I actually think the jury for me is still out with the Melbourne victory. They haven't convinced me yet. And I'll tell you why. Tell you why. We're eight minutes in. (laughs) We're eight minutes into this show. (laughs) You know, you know, you're in trouble when Rodrigo gets fired. (laughs) That's right. No, I'm going to jump off the fence. He's coming for you. I'm going to continue this point. My backside (laughs) really is is feeling much better now. I'm on that fence. They're undefeated. 
and they're and they're playing, dare I say, winning ugly, beautiful football. Now, mostly scored, beautiful football. They scored one goal in the last three games. One goal in the last three games for this much vaunted, multi-pronged attacking team. When they actually come up against decent opposition, they're not marauding as you'd expect them to They don't need to be marauding. You win championships by hard graft sometimes. In past years, they've fallen short because they haven't been able to ground teams down. Against Adelaide, they drew nil all a couple of weeks ago when they they could have won the game or in the past they would have lost the game. Last week against Sydney, in other years they would have lost that game but they drew it. Tonight, they won through an ugly own goal when in other games... In other games, in other years, they would have dropped the points. So for me, they've improved markedly. They're a championship outfit. The heat came into this this discussion mm. too early. <laughs> hold hold on to the heat because um, there's a plenty happening. There's Perth Glory and Wellington. Perth are up one nil um, against Wellington. But we want to cross to Smokey, who's at the G, for an update on the uh, clash between Australia and South Africa. <laughs> A one-day international update for combined bulk bins taking heavy mixed loads at no extra cost. Can they prevent a boundary? Oh, that's in the air. Surely that's got to be caught. It's caught really, really well. Parnell is pumped. Yes, that was the last wicket to fall. That of Matthew Wade, caught by Ryan McLaren. A very good catch at deep fine leg off Wayne Parnell for 52 in a stand of... uh, 123 for the sixth wicket. Dale Stain is coming back into the attack to bowl the 47th over with Steve Smith on 98, James Faulkner on 10, Australia 6 for 235. The Equation boys, 33 to win from 24 balls. It's been a thrilling contest and a magnificent innings from Steve Smith, who is now on strike. 6 for 236, Smith 98, Faulkner 11. I might just watch this ball from Dale Stane to see if we can get a, a century for Steve Smith. In this Australian innings, Warner made 4, Watson 19, Finch 22, Bailey 16 and Maxwell 2. He was out in the 25th over with the score at 98 and Australia looked all but gone, but then Wade with his 52, and Smith now 98, not out, took the Australians up to 219, and here's Stain to Smith on 98, and he drives to mid-off, he's gone for a quick single, he's made his ground, but he's only going to get one, so he's on 99, hopefully next time I can tell you, he's got 131 from 22 balls, it's all happening at the MCG, Graham Smokey Dawson covering this fourth one-day international reporting. SEN Summer of Cricket for Rover at Home Outdoors. Homes Glen, training Victorians for 32 years. And Isuzu Youth, depend on the Isuzu D-Max Youth. Thanks, Smokey. We'll come back to you uh, pretty shortly because it's hotting up over there at the MCG and Smith was nearly run out on 98. Hey, it's uh, 1-0 over there in Perth uh, at NIB Stadium in the 18th minute. Daniel De Silva scored in the 90th second um, to put Perth Glory up 1-0. Boys, we're talking, of course, about the Melbourne victory game where they defeated uh, Brisbane Raw 1-0. Jade North scored a known goal in the 77th minute, but that's all it needed for Melbourne victory. They had stadium in front of 23,740 people. Championship material. Championship form. Doesn't have to be champagne. 
They just have to get work the job done and not lose games. And that's what this Melbourne victory have learnt to do, Warren. And they're still creating chances oh. too, Warren. Jeez. So the hotline tonight is, mm. Carlos, you go with the hotline. Uh, my, my, or our hotline that we all agreed on before the we show. Did. Yep, yeah, we, we drew The winning blood. ugly hotline. We're celebrating winning ugly tonight. Yep. Because three points are three points when there's a race to a title. Yeah, we'll take the three points and move on. That's what Kevin Musket will say. In the, uh, <laughs> if you want to speak conference. to the other three Diego's, Rodrigo, it's the winning ugly hotline. If you want to have a direct line to Warren Diego, <laughs> the hotline is, for me, the jury's out on the victory hotline. Ooh. Okay, so two hotlines tonight. Yeah, we've got uh, multi, gotta, multi-pronged hotline. You've got to declare the hotline. Okay, 942-911-16, that is the hotline number. Or you can simply text us in on uh, 433 Hey, let's go to Max in Essendon. Wants to talk about the game tonight. G'day, Max. Welcome to the show. Hey, boys, how are you? Yeah, good, good. good. You happy? No, I'm a City fan, and I don't want Victory to win. <laughs> okay, well, you're a bit late, yes. Max. Max? So you've rung the, the juries out on the Victory hotline, so you want to speak to Warren? Yep. Okay, Max. <laughs> what do you think of the Victory, buddy? They're a great team, great <laughs> team. I reckon they, they just play great to yeah. go this far. Yep. Adelaide and... Who else has gone on They're flat-track bullies a bit, aren't they, Hang Max? On, he's doing nothing for your cause yeah. right now. Max, they're flat-track bullies, aren't they? They've scored one goal in the last three games, the victory. And yeah. I think they can actually be, be held reasonably by good teams, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know what that makes City, but anyway. Uh, Max, I know you love City, yep. but surely you'd like Melbourne Victory's resilience, wouldn't you? Yeah. The fact that they don't, they don't like to lose, they don't give away points. When they draw... They fight it out to the end. You must be happy about you must, you must recognise that, Max. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to the Star Arena and they didn't stop till the 90th minute. Yeah. Like they, they knew what they would win by the fourth goal, but they didn't stop. And I respect victory for that. And I respect that I've got some great players and I respect the players. Good on you, Max. Good on you, Max. That's more than Warren will ever do. I've got a question for you, Max. Um, which victory player do you wish you had at City? Mm, good question. Oh, um... Bruce Yep. Probably, because he's just a fantastic striker. Yep. Um, so. You can only have one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got celery cap. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Nathan Coe's a good goalkeeper as well, you know. He's kept a clean sheet tonight. He's kept a few clean sheets, uh, clean sheets this season. He's doing well at the moment. Go on, you, Maxie. Before we let you go, mate, uh, Sydney tomorrow night. Mm. How's that going to go? Oh, I'm, I'm not... I'm not too confident, but I'm confident. Max, do you want me to give you you a tip? Yep. I know they're living certainty city tomorrow night. You mark my words. Melbourne City will win by more than one goal. So there you go. That's my tip. And I'm... I'm usually quite analytical and not overly confident about our city, but I am very confident tomorrow night. I think they played a lot better than people give them credit for last week, even though it was 2-2 in the end. So I reckon you just stick with the city. Good on you, Max. Uh, thanks for that. Fair and balanced city supporter there. Um, More fair and balanced than our panel <laughs> member here. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the winning ugly hotline um, for most of us, and for some of us, the it jury's is the, still out. The jury's still out on the victory hotline. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Bob in Baldwin. G'day, Bob. Welcome to the show. G'day, boys. How are we? Good. Yeah, very good. well, Bob. Very good. Yeah. 
ugly performance when you played at ugly stadium. But let's look forward to uh, next week when uh, the King Berisha plays at Amy Park for the first time. There should be 30,000 there to watch the great man against Adelaide United. Oh, really? They're back uh, playing Adelaide next week. I haven't seen the fixtures uh, one week ahead. So, uh, But uh, by the way, you know, Bob, you, you love your victory. I know you've been on before. Um, Berisha. Did he freeze tonight? Um, what, what, you know, no, he's sort no, of strangely no. subdued, subdued tonight. No, no, no. Berisha was very, very um, serviceable tonight. Some players have got to lift too, but um, um, that's what happens when you play at these type of stadiums. You know what I mean? There's no, um, no atmosphere there. When they, that game should have been at Amy Park tonight, the home of Melbourne victory. So, so you reckon the stadium had some impact on the way Berisha went tonight? Oh, I totally agree there. Okay, how about Jade North doing a good job on him? <laughs> well, uh, give him 50%. He did all right. <laughs> Bob, but do you think, uh, look, uh, I, I like Barisha too, and I, I, I'm a victory person, but I, 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 I tended to think that the, the spotlight on him the whole week was a bit too much, and he was far too tense for oh, my yeah. liking, yeah. for the, you know, in the, in the lead-up to the oh, game. You see him in the tunnel? In the tunnel. They had the camera right in his face. And uh, I've got to see, he looked like, I, um, who's, uh, who's, who's the more recent uh, 007? Craig. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, David, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Craig. Second name, that's his yeah, name. Yeah, Daniel, yeah, Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah, I had the Daniel Craigs about him. But, but I also saw, I think the, the Victory Boys went and had lunch at uh, Tiamo's either, yes, I think it was yesterday, there yep. was a photo. And, you know, Tiamo's is a great place to have lunch. Mm. And he didn't look like he was enjoying that either. Okay. So I, I'm, my, what I'm asking, Bob, is do you think Barisha was too tense and that, affected his game? I think Barisha has settled in perfect, and I think we've still got the best to see. Fair enough. It's answered like a real politician there, Bob. Good on you, mate. Good on you, Bob. Thanks for your input, as always. 942-911-16, the winning ugly hotline it is. And Gino from Taylor's Lakes uh, wants to talk about the victory as well. G'day, Gino. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, good, very mate. well, thanks. Yourself? Rodrigo, is he there? Yes, Rodrigo's right here. Okay, Rodrigo, what's two plus one? Um, three. Well, you're sitting on the fence, Rodrigo, so yeah. it could be... Uh, well, it could be sure? three. Yeah. <laughs> it could be three. You know, one plus two is also three. Okay, okay. So three, three games ago, who did, we, who did Melbourne Victory play? Who have we played in our last three games? Ooh. Um, well, you had Sydney last week. Sydney, Adelaide. Sorry? Newcastle, yeah. Last three, including tonight. Including tonight, you had Sydney last week and Newcastle week and before. Yeah, that's it. Okay, now against Newcastle, how many goals did we score? Oh yes, Rodrigo? now now that you weren't wanting to speak to Rodrigo, Two. Gino, I'll no, take the it heat. Was Warren, Rodrigo. Yeah. It was, it was me. Warren. It was me. Okay, sorry. I, I, sorry, I actually yeah, well, completely just, ignored. I'm a bit nervous there. I completely <laughs> yeah, exactly. ignored. I completely ignored the Newcastle game because they're irrelevant. Exactly right. They're irrelevant. You say we've scored one one goal in the last three games one more time. I'm going to come there and I'm going to open your eyes out. Hey. That's, that's no, we don't want to promote any sort of... What was the score at half-time in that Newcastle game? What was that? What was the score at half-time in that Newcastle game? I understand that, but we still scored a couple of goals in the second half. Do you know, just... There's three Diego's on your side here, okay? So don't worry about it, mate. Uh, Warren, look, he doesn't let the facts get into uh, <laughs> in ever, ever in the way of any sort of opinion at all. Um, are you happy with uh, the way victory is going, Gino? Look, to tell you what, to, to tell you the truth, we've, we've we've you know we've done pretty well in seven games. We've only conceded six goals, and as you said uh, previously. We know how to win, even yeah. if we have to win ugly. So Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're undefeated at the moment. And uh, you know, at the moment, tonight, at least, we're sitting on top. Who knows after tomorrow, but they're going all right. Gina, you're having less of those really disappointing 
games where you're expected to win against lesser opposition and you give it away. Uh, this year, what's happening is you're playing those teams, the same uh, situation against Newcastle. They were awful victory in the first 30 minutes, came back and drew two all and could have won that game. Last week I didn't see because I was overseas, but the boys reckon that it could have gone either way. In, in other years, they would have lost that, that, that game. Tonight, again, Brisbane were really tough to break down, and it was only an own goal that separated them, but they didn't ever look like they were going to lose that game tonight, even though they didn't play so well. For me, that is championship DNA. You know, that's DNA champions style. Uh, Warren, you, you've never they, won anything in your life, so you wouldn't even know they, what they, I'm talking about. They won a little bit ugly, but if Barisha had scored in the first half, that when he he ran, yes, he ran across, he got that beautiful oh, that was, ball from Georgievsky, yeah, and uh, they, if that had gone in, yeah. it wouldn't have been winning ugly. And if no. Kalfalai had scored in the second half, that would have could have been three nil. Could have been three nil. Three nil. And Brisbane. Did they trouble the keeper at all? Uh, List sticker at the end, uh, the half volley from distance, which was pretty soft in the end, but it was straight at the keeper. But Brisbane didn't look like Warren scoring at all. No, they were comfortable. The game was played in the middle third most of the time, Carlos, up to the goal. Now, Gino... Without the jury actually being out, Despite the fact that you want to poke me in the eye repeatedly, which I totally (laughs) understand. He's kind of lucky he jumped off me and went to you, because if he did that with me... No, no. But Gino... Kelfalar or Barbarousis, do you think, in terms of uh, what the absolute best eleven is? I know Kelfalar had to play this week after a really good performance the previous week against Sydney, and Barbarousis travelling to far-flung places with the All-Whites, but Kelfalar or Barbarousis? 100% Barbarousis, and yeah. I'll tell you who else I'm going to put their eyes out as well. It's the New Zealand uh, FA. Yeah. Okay. If they call Barbarousis one more time for a tournament that they're going to be pl- the next tournament they're going to be playing is about two or three years away. Yeah. I'm really going to poke their eyes out. <laughs> okay. they're, they're, they're rebuilding. They're, Gino, rebu- they're in a transitional Gino, period, Gino. Gino. You have to respect that. Yeah, Gino, do you <laughs> smuggle flares into the stadium also? <laughs> So anyway, I love the passion of supporters. Let's 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 not have the violence. So, but I love the passion of supporters. By the way, Gino Barbarousis is the best player in the A League this year so far. Warren, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. You're listening to me. You're not arguing with that. Oh, best no. player, best player in the A League this year so far. After however many rounds we've had. Best oh, player I think, is Barbarousis. Um, I think there's a couple of Adelaide midfielders mm. that oh, might no, actually yeah, yeah, uh, no. match him pound yeah. for pound. Match. Very the, the appropriate word is match. Casillas and Isaias. I think Nate Burns has had a great start to mm, the yes, season. Carlos. Too, Carlos. Thanks for I mean, you, you speak with such authority that most of us just cowl <laughs> under the pressure. But not me, Carlos. I'll, I'll fight. Yeah. Yes, no, we're getting a lot of love for you on the uh, SMS. How am I going on the SMS machine? <laughs> yeah, poor Warren can trying to give, be... Can you give me a snapshot? Well, I was just about to before good, you interrupted good, me. thank you. But John in Port Melbourne, poor Warren trying to be the Diego's Alan Jones shock jock. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel Warren's sad bitterness coming through my speakers. <laughs> Uh, is it just me or did Bob from Baldwin sound a lot like Spiro from Springvale? <laughs> yeah, uh, is it is is it Warren saying MVFC have scored one goal in three games? You got a lot. Of, you got a lot in your um, yeah. your statistical. Um, yeah, there was the fluidity. Newcastle game between the Adelaide games. I liberty. apologize. You're taking statistical liberty. <laughs> With the statistics. <laughs> Give us a call tonight, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from Eugenio. That was an entertaining call, a bit violent, but entertaining. Yeah. Winning uh, ugly hotline. The winning ugly hotline. It's, Rodrigo was very scared there for a while. <laughs> Initially, but then he was, then trying, he he was also off. trying to get the calculator up on his phone. But, you know, 
we just went back in time to the time where we were worried about walking out of the studio after Carlos criticised Greek fans and the Greek country no, after did, the I European did, Championships. In 1992, or 94, sorry, Euros, uh, I suggested that the Greek national team didn't deserve to win that. And all hell broke loose in the, what, the second biggest Greek yes. city in the world? It did, it did, it did. <laughs> and, uh, and so we had, ever since we've had security out the front. And Warren, you're going to need that security yeah. for tonight. Yeah. Yes. Pe- Pedro on the panel doesn't know he's our security, <laughs> but he's the guy. Melbourne victory defeated Brisbane Moor 1-0. Jane North scored an own goal in the 77th minute. It's hotting up at the cricket. Let's go to Smokey Dawson, who's uh, going to give us a, an update with one over to go between Australia and South Africa at the MCG. G'day, Smokey. <laughs> A one-day international update for combined bulk bins taking heavy mixed loads at no extra cost. Well, boys, I think this might be it because Australia now just two runs away from victory in the 49th over being bowled by Robin Peterson to James Faulkner, who's had a beautiful little cameo here. 33, gets the run to tie the scores. So fittingly, it will be Steve Smith who will score the winning run. He's on 104. So I'll wrap it all up because uh, Australia are going to get over the line with uh, just over and over to spare. An unbelievable uh, fight back by the Aussies after South Africa made 8 for 267. The staff of the uh, visitors, skipper A.B. de Villiers, Oh, Smith's been bowled. Oh, if you don't mind, he's taken a big swing. All he had to do was play one away. And Steve Smith has been bowled for 104. So can we get a couple of wickets for nothing and have a tied game? Oh, what a way to end what has been a superb innings. 112 balls, seven fours, standing ovation for Steve Smith. So, boys, <laughs> you'll have to come back shortly so I can tell you Australia's had a win. Faulkner, 34 not out, has been fantastic after a great partnership of uh, 121 for the sixth wicket between Maxwell, uh, between Wade, who made 52, and Smith, who's just been dismissed, for 104. So there it is. One to win, and we've got uh, one ball and one over to go, and Faulkner has played a beautiful cameo 34 from 19 with six boundaries. And Steve Smith getting a standing ovation as he goes and joins his teammates on the boundary line. SEN Summer of Cricket for Rover at Home Outdoors. Homes Glen, training Victorians for 32 years. And Isuzu Youth, depend on the Isuzu D-Max Youth. Thanks very much there, Smoke. We'll come back to you very, very shortly. And the cricket uh, stats nightmare, Warren. Greece won in 2004, not 1994. Yeah, no, that, that, I'll, take, I'll claim that mistake. Actually, I was talking about the Greek Cup in Melbourne, that one oh, there in 1994. No, 2004 is when, the Greece, when Greece won the Euros. I'm happy to... I'm happy to take every statistical error that we make because I don't rate them just very quietly, but there you go. There you Statistics. go. Um, it is 1-0 at NIB Stadium in Perth. Uh, the Perth Glory defeat are in front of Wellington Phoenix in the 34th minute at the moment. It's nice to have a game on at the moment as well. And uh, Rojas last year, Barbarousas this year, forget Brazil, Argentina and Germany, send your scouts to New Zealand. Small problem with that. New Zealand drew one all with China. And lost to Thailand. And lost to Thailand 2-0. <laughs> so I'm not sure about that. But individuals, but Barbarousas, I've got to say, Barbarousas has gone the, the, the next level this year. I don't know what, what spurred yeah. him on, but uh, he, he's, he's first picked in that forward line right now, I reckon, even before Barisha. Uh, but, you know, you still want them both in there. The question mark is, Ben Kalfalar or Archie Thompson? That's who I'd oh, go for. Okay. 
Now, I think they're the ones vying for that position. That's a very, very interesting mm. question. Um, hey, uh, yes, it's uh, Australia just lost another wicket. Um, let's uh, let's let's talk to Smokey and see what happened just then, Smokey. Oh, boys, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Pat Cummins has come in and he's charged Robin Peterson. James Faulkner went down the pitch and I reckon he said, son, just block this ball. There's an over to go. I'm seeing him like a watermelon. I'll get a run off the first ball of the next over. And he's hit it. And David Miller at mid-on has sprawled on the turf and held a magnificent catch. Now, the mail from the Australian dressing room is that Nathan Coulter-Nile, who injured his hamstring while bowling, was not going to bat under any circumstances. Well, I reckon if James gets out now, there'll be uh, there'll be a shuffle of the pads because uh, Mitch Stark is coming in to join Faulkner. Australia, eight down for 267. Scores are level, but they still need one run to win. Oh, is there <laughs> we'll be, going to be an end of this match? We'll be fine, Smokey. Mitch Stark has done a Shane Warne in Test Cricket and made 99. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been the, um, yeah, the uh, young fellow. Ashton Agar. Yeah, that's him. Oh, no, the young fellow. Who... Stark no, Warren's having that sort of a night tonight. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, he, oh, even I knew that Greece <laughs> yeah, won the yeah. European Cup yeah. in 2004. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I know nothing about it. Yeah. Smokey, anyway. can you come in and just join us and replace <laughs> Warren? <laughs> no, no, Bush. It's been a long day. Uh, uh, anyway, they're just having a little replay to make sure that, that the ball did carry to David Miller. He did claim the catch. It's one of those that uh, he's got it in his fingers above the uh, ground. He said, yeah, I caught it, but uh, yeah, it looks okay. And uh, Johnny Ward, oops, oh. oops, 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 oops. No ball, is it? No, no. no not it's, out. Uh, it's uh, not out. No. That's it. No, it's over. That's so it. Uh, it, it's, uh, they must have run, and he just said, no, 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 the ball did bounce. So that was a winning run after all of that. <laughs> um, wicket not taken, and Australia get over the line with an over to spare. And, and I just say what a wonderful little knock it was from James Faulkner, and I will have no doubt that the man of the match will be Steve Smith for the second consecutive game. So Australia takes an unbeatable 3-1 lead in the series and what was a most interesting and amazing game of cricket at the MCG. Boys, I'll let you uh, see how many <laughs> see how many things you can get right for the next hour and a half. <laughs> no, Good luck. No more mistakes. <laughs> South Africa clearly don't have an away strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's all uphill from here. Thanks, Smokey Dawson, who... Uh, who uh, gave us the cricket uh, updates right throughout the day. And uh, good win by Australia over there. Warren, we're going to take a break. but uh, just I'm going to look we... up Mitch Stark's highest score Do. in the break. Do. And, uh, yeah, look up a lot of other stats as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is tonight the winning ugly hotline because Melbourne Victory defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0. Jade North scored an own goal in the 77th minute at Etihad Stadium. 23,740 people. Come back uh, because uh, we've got more of the Diego's right after this on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Mama wanted me to be a preacher. I told her the preaching and coaching were a lot alike. I don't think she believed me. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Hersey's away and onside. Want to stay with the action for a moment. He's got the better of his fullback. Good work here from Hersey. Looks central. Let's go. The first ever A-League goal for Danny De Silva. 
Yes, the young gun there on the Diego's final whistle. Daniel De Silva scored in the 90th second against uh, Wellington Phoenix for Perth Glory. They're still 1-0 up on in the 42nd second, <laughs> 42nd mm, second mm. at uh, NIB Stadium. Melbourne Victory defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0 uh, tonight at Etihad Stadium. Jade North scored an own goal in the 77th minute and Australia defeated South Africa in the cricket to take a 3-1 well, series victory, really. Just curious. Mm. It's one of the first times I think we've gone head to head with, uh, with I say we, the A League game in Melbourne has gone head to head with the one day international. And what the Melbourne Victory counted was 23,000? 740, yep. Great crowd. I, I don't know whether the MCG got many more than that. It'd be interesting to know. I haven't got, uh, haven't got that stat They only yet, had 12,000 uh, at 6 pm. Yep, there was So a lot. there you go. A lot of traffic around the MCG uh, this, after, this afternoon or evening at yeah. 6 pm. But. Mm. Uh, Hey, uh, we'll, we'll check that out. We're still trying to get the crowd figure and let you know. Yeah. So let's go back to the game. The winning ugly hotline, 94291116. Make sure you give us a call because uh, we're here for you tonight. It is the Diego's final whistle. I've got some great text messages as well on 0433981116. Boys, let's, let's start with this one. Boys, Archie Thompson has to be on the bench next week. Was horrendous tonight. Kalfalar, Barisha and Barbarousas have to be the starting three. Also to Max, who rang before City, uh, City can have Co. He couldn't pass the wind. No, <laughs> that's Scott, thank you. I thought, uh, that's good. a really good question, though. Uh, I, I like the depth they've got in the front third now. And don't, don't forget, Connor Payne is also a guy you can throw in there. There's a bit of depth. So they've got five genuine strikers there. Uh, and also with the ability to play wide, uh, except for Brisha, who's well, I haven't seen him play wide, but all the rest of them can play quite wide. Uh, I reckon uh, Arch might miss out there. And, Vinny, you've got a really interesting philosophy on this one too. Yes, why, uh, uh, you know, uh, Cal Falar uh, would uh, probably surpass Archie Thompson this year. Well, well look, Archie's a, a gun and he's great in the victory, no doubt about that. But what, I, what one thing that I think Cal Falar adds is that he can make something out of nothing. He can actually take a guy guy on. He could, he's got very quick feet and get around. Uh, players and create momentum. I, I tend to think that Archie needs needs a, that counter attack to be in place so he can run on it and be part of a fast break, which is terrific. And when that happens, it's really good. But if if we need something else to happen further up the field, I think Kalflor is someone who certainly can uh, ensure that that does occur. But the the question is, if you're starting to say now Archie in the twilight of his career needs to spend time on the bench, how will he take that? Is, it, is that going to be a positive response from Arch? Uh, I know on the odd occasion he doesn't mind being there, but he still regards himself as a first eleven player. Oh, absolutely. Archie owns Melbourne. This city is Archie's city, and he's not going to want to rel- relinquish that. So I, yeah, I, I would say that it, you know, it's horses for courses sometimes as well. I can't necessarily say I, I would always put Kalfalar in, but I do like that Kalfalar does bring this to the squad, that he is just really good with his feet, get, can get around players. Sometimes you don't even expect him to get around a player, and he does that, and he's but suddenly Arch is creating... But for that too. Yeah. He may not show it all, you know, often this season, mm. but he has had good moments so far this season. Yes. Uh, are we agreeing yeah, that no, no, Barisha I... and Barbarousas are first two picked I right. think so. I think they're the first two picked. I think it's out of Kalfala. And by the way, I think he's knocked down the door, uh, Kalfala. I think uh, coming in, he came quite late in the preseason. Uh, he scored some important goals for victory. 
Uh, you know what I love about him is is that sort of uh, really good professional who's played in really good leagues and is a Tunisian, Tunisian international. And uh, those people who know world football know that Tunisia often have really good international teams, especially in the African Nation Cups and so forth. So, just needs to score those one on one, Carlos. Yeah, okay, but I mean, fair enough. But did, did he miss one last week? Because I missed. He did. Oh, well, did he? Okay, well, he, so he decided to lay it off to uh, Barisha who was offside. But, oh, okay. Yeah, came from Frankston actually makes that point as well. Yeah. Kalfalar proved tonight he can't finish one-on-one. Archie would finish that 10 times. Yeah, it, is, it is bread and butter for Archie to finish I one-on-one. I personally think that Archie's got a fair bit of credit in the bank, and I think it might be horses for courses possibly. I think I think Archie is still better. One, I think he's established himself as still being better one-on-one than Kalfalar. Mm. Kalfalar... Gets out wide. He's got good speed. Crosses the ball really well. I mean, his his cross tonight led to the own, led to the, the the header that was then the own goal. So I think I I think Archie's got a lot of credit, and I still think I'd have him before Kelfalar. But I think they're both going to end up playing, you know, impact roles and starting roles depending on mm. the teams they're playing. The voice of the G, Tony Shebeki, just SMS'd us uh, and said the crowd at the MCG for the uh, One Day International was 14,100. Dude, I, I don't want a code war here. <laughs> I don't want a code war talk back. No. But that's an incredible result given that Melbourne victory in a game against uh, Brisbane Ross, I suppose, you know, that is a marquee game in the A-League, uh, 24,000 people at Etihad Stadium and just up the road, uh, the Australian national cricket team against South Africa, too. Against South Africa mm. in a one-day international at the G, mm. got fourteen thousand one hundred. What's that? What's that telling us? Does it tell us more about that? There's too much cricket, maybe kissing your sister game, Carlos. Yeah, that's what okay, it was okay, kissing your sister cricket, maybe, uh, or is it telling you something a little bit more deeper about Deep. the code rivalry here? I don't know. Oh, look, I think the A League, the A League's come of age, Carlos. It has, but it's but, early for cricket. It is, it, is, it, is, it is. And there's a lot yeah. of stuff And there's a lot the of cricket. And, and if people are banking money for a World Cup that starts in the end of March, at the end of the Asian Champions League... I'm hearing that the ticket sales for the World Cup, ICC World Cup, is, are not great either. Okay. But I don't know whether the Asian Cup ones are any better. So <laughs> That's right. But anyway, hey, uh, the hotline tonight is the Winning Ugly hotline. Let's go to Tom in Avondale Heights, who's been very patient. G'day, Tom. Welcome to the show. G'day, gents. Um, I'm a football neutral. I went to the game thanks to SEN tonight, and oh. I think the game was uh, pretty ordinary. I don't <laughs> think Victory would have scored for another 90 minutes if they were out there for another 90. Uh, win ugly, yeah. They won ugly today. They drew ugly last week. I think uh, for a team that can draw 20,000 uh, spectators week in, week out, there's got to be more to it. And that midfield is pretty ordinary. Brisha will not score the amount of goals he scored with Brisbane because that midfield is pretty ordinary. Apart from Flinker, the rest are ordinary. Actually, Tom, you know, uh, the point I made earlier on is that victories had great moments over the years in games. Uh, and I'm talking about really the uh, Ange Postacoglu slash Kevin Musket era, uh, where they played some sublime football at times and not always got the result. And other games where they were expected to win, they didn't win. And it really has cost them in the run home to the finals and, you know, the Premier's plate and maybe the grand final chance. Uh, what they're doing these days is they're still playing, they still had their moments. I think the, the great West City Wanderers game at the start of the year, plus a couple of other games where they played really well. But what they're not doing is losing these games they should not lose. 
uh, sorry, they, they're not losing the games that they have lost in the past, the ones that uh, are, they're expected to win. And uh, that's what I like about this victory side. I know it's ugly, and I know it was an ordinary game in many respects, to, especially the neutrals out there tonight. But uh, I don't know. There's, there's, they're really going to push Adelaide United, I think, for, the, for, the, uh, for the winning the league. And I saw that a few weeks ago in Adelaide where when Adelaide scored, victory in the past would have just fallen apart, but they got the equaliser and they were strong throughout. They really gave Adelaide you know, uh, what, what Adelaide had given them. So I don't know. There's something a bit more resilient about this victory side, and I think over the course of a season, you've got to be resilient, got to be strong. You've just got to be able to, you know, be really professional throughout. And that's something that I suppose, I suppose a lot of Melbourne Victory fans, we talked to Max from Essendon, the, the talkback caller earlier, uh, you know, there's a resilience about Melbourne Victory that I, that I think can lead to some real success. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I'd feel a little bit threatened by Tom's call because he so articulately put everything that I couldn't. And I don't disagree with anything that he said. I mean... Hang on, but you're saying on the basis of tonight, are you? No, on the basis of the performances against the best teams that they've faced so far. And I mean, I think at the moment, and Carlos, you could, and Vinny, you can disagree with me as you normally do. I think Sydney FC, Adelaide and Melbourne Victory are clearly the three best teams in the competition at the moment. Now, they've played each other so far this season with Sydney and Adelaide drawing against Melbourne Victory in both those games. Now, so what does that tell you about? I think that tells me that the Victory aren't head and shoulders above everyone else. And, and I neither think are that, Adelaide and Sydney. No, no, but I actually think that we're going to see a very close competition. For anyone who thought the Victory were clear favourites, they're certainly not. I don't think I, anyone can say they're clear favourites, but they certainly aren't going to relinquish easily uh, games that in the past they've lost or not got the full points out of. I think uh, Finkler is, is a key player for the Victory, and I think the Raw did really well at... Uh, keeping him closed down and not giving him any space. I think it was a difficult game for the victory to play any sort of champagne football anyway because the Raw were getting men behind the ball and just clogging it up and uh, you were never going to get anything. I'm a bit disappointed with the Raw because I would have thought that given the way they won last week, they would have come out and sort of for their own fans' sake showed that we can play champagne with the quality that they've got on the park they were playing sit back and just let the victory make mistakes football and they didn't even do any countering they were just yeah. they couldn't get it out of their back so i reckon the the victory did as good as you were going to get and yes they they won ugly but they didn't win ugly because they weren't trying to win beautifully yeah. it's because the raw were just playing uh really sit back sort of football as far as i'm concerned i think it's really disappointing that raw have resorted to that sort of football these days where they used to stick so truly to the you know the the passing game, mm. the proactive type game. I think they're I think they're still trying to play that game, but they don't have the personnel. They really miss Frenich. They really miss Barisha, and without those two, I think we've seen. Um, and also Liam Miller's gone now. They've so, come back to the pack. Big yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I Definitely. think so. And I think what we're getting from Brisbane now, they'll be a sturdy opposition. They'll be a team that really. You know, on their day, will really push any team, but they won't necessarily steamroll them like they have in the past. Yeah, they're going to become the Wanderers. Oh, maybe, yeah, they might. It's 1-0 in uh, Perth at the moment at NLB Stadium. Uh, Perth Gloria 1, Wellington Phoenix uh, nil. Daniel De Silva scored in the 90th second. Let's go to Tom in Roeville on the winning ugly hotline. Tom, welcome to the show. G'day, lads. How are you going? Good, Good mate. Thank you. Got a question. Why does the A-League consist on having... Uh 
two games in Melbourne for both their teams, like on the Friday and the Saturday night, um, whereas the AFL, Brisbane and uh, Gold Coast always play opposite each weekend and same with Fremantle and uh, West Coast over there. Why do you think they have both the games, like both teams play in the Melbourne, like in the one uh, weekend? Yeah, not, not sure, Tom, and I think that's a fair question because I think... Um, if there are neutrals, and I'm sure that there's a percentage of neutrals that go to, to games both weekends that don't obviously follow. For, for the neutral, you've got to make a choice, and I think that's a little bit disappointing. But, Tom, gone are the days where sporting fans can understand fixtures. I mean, you've got Melbourne Victory playing Adelaide again next week at home after they played three weeks ago. And the draw, I think, based on the fact there's 10 teams, but it's not just... It's not just the draw for A-League, it's the draw for the, you know, they're not draws anymore, they're fixtures, because it's not like you play everyone away and then you play everyone at home. It's very hard to understand. I think it's got a lot to do in the A-League's case with the TV rights deal in terms of, you know, marquee games on Friday nights or Saturday nights as standalone when they get their biggest crowds. But I agree with you, I would prefer that the that City play one weekend, Victory play the other weekend, standalone in a, in a city, and they get the publicity that, that they should get through those games. And I've got to say, Tom, also, what I'm loving about the way... It's, I mean, the A-League fixtures are so well thought out these days that nearly every round there's a game that I, have, that I really have to see. I mean, I watch them all anyway, but some... You know, we watch them because we do a radio show, we've got to know about stuff, but sometimes, you know, some I get us. really excited about a... The prospect of a game, you know, like Melbourne Sydney last Saturday night, yeah. or the or the Melbourne Victory Adelaide game. Uh, it's usually you know the Adelaide Sydney, uh, the Melbourne teams uh, these days. And of course, we, glory, we, yeah, I know, glory, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. One of our talkback callers. I mean, we're talking about Sydney Adelaide and Melbourne Victory, but Perth's on top at the moment. They're winning at the moment, so we can't discount Perth, uh, even though they're not as compelling viewing for me as those other teams. So, but when you get those matchups, I tell you, you're really getting some heat in games. Uh, of uh, Adelaide versus Melbourne, especially Melbourne victory. You, you, Melbourne City's had some good performances against Adelaide, especially away from home. Um, you get Sydney playing anyone, West Sydney Wanderers playing anyone. I think there's some really great marquee games every weekend. It is fantastic mm. watching at the moment. Hey, Carlos, you posed a question before. There, there were 23,740 at uh, Etihad Stadium for the game tonight. Yeah, and, and my question was... And there were 14,100 yeah. so at Yeah, what do we read into that? And I didn't want to code war or anything no, like no. that. We've got some really good text messages yeah, well, in. Here's some reasons. Yeah. Uh, the price to get into the cricket was $73 for some, and most tickets were 95 Or do you sit at home and watch for nothing on Channel 9? That's James E. Uh, Baxter. Um, and uh, where, where are we? It's too expensive for many to go to the cricket. Easy to stay at home with a beer and relax with family. Dean in Crew Point. Might also have something to do with uh, charging 70 bucks for level one ticket. Davey in Cranbourne. Um, would they have got a bigger crowd if it was a T20 match? So, um, yeah, some expensive. Uh, the cheapest ticket was $56 or something. But Cricket Australia, and Warren, I look at you when I say this. Yes, yes. Cricket Australia should be really worried about that. I mean, they can't have an international game of any cricket involving Australia, uh, especially against one of the top three or four nations in the world in South Africa, and get half the crowd that what they get at the A-League just down the road. They can't do it. And if it's prices of tickets, they're going to slap themselves over their heads for this. And it is price. And if it is the price of tickets, it's absolutely ridiculous. Because I, I tell you, 
whether we know that ticket sales are good for the World Cup or for the Asian Cup, and I'm not sure, but we definitely know that the Asian Cup, they're actually pricing mm. the tickets at a level that is going to be very, 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 you know, favourable to families going. I mean, I think kids' tickets and family tickets Five are almost yeah. nothing. And yeah. I'm not sure what it's going to be like in, in the World Cup of cricket because there's games going to places like Canberra and Geelong and other places like that, the Minnow teams. And it's a tournament that's going, I think the Asian Cup goes for about 24-odd days, three or four weeks, whereas the World Cup of cricket's going to go for from really the start of March through, I mean, from the start of Feb to the middle of, <laughs> middle of March. Yeah. Long now, look, time. Um, World Cup means something. Look, I think it's interesting tonight. Um, there's been no promotion as well. Um, but anyway... Let's. Uh, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing it, the uh, that football uh, had you know nearly ten thousand more tonight. I think it's a fantastic result. It, 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 ticket prices wouldn't have been enough in the past to have a smaller crowd at an at Australian international cricket game than an A League on the same night. Even ticket prices wouldn't have been enough to have a lesser crowd. And tonight, geez, it, that's a that's a huge uh, difference. On that note, let's take a break. Um, it's uh, still half time in Perth. Perth Glory one, Wellington Phoenix nil. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. In the language of soccer, resign is a code word meaning the coach was given a choice of quitting, being fired or having the fans blow up his house. To all you coaches out there, happy coaching. We are the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, it is the final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Melbourne victory defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0. Jade North scored a known goal. Uh, a bit unlucky, of course. Uh, in the 77th minute at Etihad Stadium, 23,740. Mm. Now, Carlos, you said you didn't want to start a code <laughs> war. Um, the cricket got 14,177. Um, and uh, we've got to say, we love our cricket here. Uh, on of course Diego's we love our cricket, and, yeah. Um, you know, we... I could have been anything in well, cricket. That's right. I, I was a, with good groins, with good a, eyesight. I was a fast bowler and a handy lower order bat. <laughs> Very handy. Yes. Not, not handy at all. Um, meaningless cricket game early in the year. Love cricket, love soccer, harmony. That's yeah. what we're all about. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, those people who are texting through that I might be starting a bit of a, a code oh, yeah. uh, war here, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I promote disharmony like Warren does, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I love all sports. I'm an Aussie kid that's played everything, right? You're a but I, kid. It did take my attention mm-hmm. about the differences yes, in the crowd sizes. And looking for reasons, and we got good reasons on the text message on the SMS machine. Uh, basically, prices were a big thing, and also good point someone made. The TV ratings will tell the story, also. Well, one was on Channel Nine. <laughs> okay, and, well, okay. You know, and the other was on on Fox Sports. But, uh, no, Fox. It's, but it's not a look, not a good look for cricket, though. They've got to look at maybe not. I don't know. If it's a meaningless game cricket, you've got to worry about maybe having too much cricket. Then, yeah. You know? I'm going to have a crack at Mike Mulvey now because I'm. The more we talk about it. You know, I, I, I'm disappointed with the fact that Brisbane Raw didn't come out to play football. With someone like, Bro- you know, we talked before oh, but about... they did, Vinny. No, they didn't. They, they didn't. <laughs> they got Broish, and just because uh, Barisha's gone and, and Franich is gone, suddenly they've lost their mojo. Come on. Yeah. It's just not uh, good just enough. Just because they've lost they, Barisha you know, and Franich, you wouldn't think they'd lose some of their mojo? Uh, um, they're allowed to lose a little bit of their mojo, but they... they 
didn't come out to play any sort of attacking football. Actually, you could have a point because I know That's that I know that, I know that they uh, they did a lot of soul searching after the week. It uh, was under review. The club was under review, Carlos, before yeah, they beat Newcastle. Absolutely, and uh, they came out and had a good win last. I didn't see the game, but apparently the slippery fish. Moving got cones, though they were. Oh, were they? Okay, okay, yeah, the, no okay. Uh, and I think today, I think what what got them back, you know, winning, or at least you know last week winning and this week performing a bit better for them uh, this season, it was the fact that they almost are relinquishing the, the passing game or the possession game from the back. And we saw that perhaps uh, you know, they're trying to be a bit more direct, Vinny. I mean, is that the right thing for a team like Raw to do, given that they had so much success playing champagne football, possession bully football, and now they're willing to get into a scrap with people. When they played Adelaide in round one, and I know they lost that game, but for a lot of that game, they were they weren't far from from the old Brisbane and Katishi sort of jumped over the jump, you know, looked all right. The new striker, the, yep. the Borussia replacement, yada, yada. They looked all right. And then Adelaide obviously were a bit stronger and won that game. But I haven't seen them play beautiful football since round one. I know they did that last week, but I thought the round one game was the best game yeah. they've played this season. And they weren't that far from the, new, the, the roar of old. I think you're being... A bit tough on Brisbane. But the one thing I would say, you know, when Mike, Mike Mulvey came in and everyone was underwhelmed by the fact that he was the replacement in terms of the coach, he ended up disproving that in many ways and going on to win a title with that team. But having lost Berisha yep. and lost Frenich, you would have thought that the support, the owners, and they're privately owned from, a, I think, a, an Asian group. consortium. Yeah. And... You would have thought they would have really gone after somebody. I mean, I know Broish is their international marquee, but you would have thought they had the means to be able to go after somebody. Katishi is a replacement for Barisha, but in nowhere at the moment near the quality that Barisha was. They'd lost Barisha early. In fact, they lost him before the end of last season. Go out and be aggressive in replacing those players with better players. They didn't seem to do that. The, the, the reason why Barisha was a bit of a... An unknown. He was a guy who was uh, playing in Germany um, and had a sort of a, a decent career, but it was waning a bit. Uh, Ange has seen him, but for every one of those you pick, there's 10 or 15 that fail. I mean, you're getting that, that bargain within your budget that can fit into, fit into the salary cap that will eventually be a star yeah, for you. For every Broich, diamond you yeah. find, there's a lot of mm. rocks. And Broich is a classic in that he'd lost his way. He fell out of love of football when he was in Germany. He was probably got to give the game away. Decided to give you know, the new frontier in Australia a go. And look, he's just not looked back. He's been fantastic. And Borussia also uh, you know, revitalised his career coming to Australia. But to find those guys, I mean, the, the guys that don't cost a lot but will become champions for you, there's not many of those guys around. Absolutely. On a night where Melbourne victory defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0, uh, Jade North scored a known goal, 77th minute. Eddie had stadium. A lot of love for Warren on the SMS. We'll come back to that after the break. It's uh, 1-0. Perth Glory are in front of Wellington Phoenix at NIB Stadium in the 50th minute. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. OK, guys. The rules of soccer are very simple. If it moves, kick it. If it doesn't move, kick it until it does. This has been a halftime pep talk by the Four Diego's.
On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, here on a Friday night with the Four Diego's final whistle uh, here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela's here. Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego. For the first hour, we were talking about Melbourne victories. Defeat of Brisbane Raw 1 0 uh, at Etihad Stadium. Jade North, unfortunately for him, scored a known goal in the 77th minute. Crowd of 23,740 people. It looked like a pretty good atmosphere over there at Etihad Stadium. There's a game going on at the moment, too. It's the 59th minute at NIB Stadium. Perth Glory 1, Wellington Phoenix 0. Yeah, no, I've, for the sake of the record, Rodrigo, I've done some statistical analysis oh, over nice. the Good. Break? Yes, because you, you, you're in great form in the first hour. <laughs> yeah. and, Adelaide and... played <laughs> victory in the second round. Yep. <laughs> right, yes. And, that, and that... after that, they actually beat Wellington and they ended up winning a few other games. Can but... I read the text that prompted no, you... you to do that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Please tell Warren that victory played Adelaide in round two. It was five weeks ago. His fact-checking is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So you there know, you go. Yeah, yeah. I blame... I blame our producer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't blame the producer. He gets blamed all the time. No, no. Fantastic I, and job. by the way, they're on an unbeaten streak of seven games. Yep. Which they haven't done for a few years, by the way. I wouldn't have thought That's maybe championship ever. I don't form. know. What's their longest longest period without... I don't in know. 2010, I think, was the last one. Last time hey, you know what, games. Carlos? If you want to be champions, you've actually got to put everything under... The microscope, everything under the microscope, and that's what I'm doing with victory. I'm putting everything under the microscope. Funny Melbourne City fan putting victory under the microscope. Jeez. Oh, so you've managed to get Melbourne City into the conversation like well, no, every other victory fan. When are you going to put Melbourne City under the microscope? Uh, they're, they, hey, they're cocker hoop in the stands at NIB Stadium. <laughs> Perth Glory have just scored uh, through the agency of Keo, uh, who's now scored um, in the second half. Lovely goal there. Lovely cross. It's poachers, 2-0. Uh, poachers instinct, that yep, was. Against um, Wellington Phoenix. Nice cross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Josh Risden, who hasn't been a regular for Perth this year. He's finding it difficult to get in the side. But uh, just tell you what, they're on a run at the moment. I, I don't, you know, funny with Kenny Lowe as manager, I still don't take him seriously. <laughs> I don't you, know. It's a, you know. Something about Perth glory. I just don't take him seriously. But with someone like uh, Andy Keogh playing, uh, uh, they've got, um, you know, Marinkovic, he's a great player. They've got, uh, you know... Um, and they have some depth, Carlos. Yeah, I mean, no. Ruben Zakovic yeah. is not been getting a game. Absolutely. He's coming he's come, on now. He's coming he, on now. And he was actually the captain deceptively Newcastle. got some depth. He's the Anglo-Saxon equivalent of Gombau. <laughs> is, you reckon? <laughs> you know, because he gives as much love and enthusiasm and energy, but just in his yeah. sort of skinny... Yeah, I think there might be a bit of trouble. I think Zakovic has just come on, and I've got a feeling he might just come I'll on. I'll tell you what, the, the, <laughs> the Wellington <laughs> boys are demanding a red card here. They're, it's, they're mob handling the referee. Let's stay with this, Rodrigo. <laughs> well, it's, it's, getting, it's getting a bit testy. Um, now, who did what? Ruben Zakovic was on for one second. Yeah, mm. and uh, he's arguing. The referee's walking away from all the players. He's, uh, being, he's listening to, to his little headset. some of the feedback from, uh, from this byline there. But uh, 
I think, I think Ruben Zadkovic is in a little bit of trouble Would here. Would this be the, the fastest <laughs> red card in world football history? Anyway, uh, the referee what's the ref doing? He's getting just, a lot of kilometres up on his pedometer. No, I think he's trying to get the antenna, like the antenna in the right spot because he's not... Hang on, he's asking Zadkovic to go and stand in one spot in the corner. He's running over to his assistant now. You think he would have sprayed the little circle? Well, call, he is is he do. calling the no? He's calling the physio over. Yeah, oh, it's good news. The leg is still on the uh, Wellington Phoenix player. He's still he's still got yep. his foot. Okay, so he's dealt with what, that. He's, he's dealt, dealt with that. that. Mm-hmm. Now he's trying to get a bit of order here. <laughs> he's got no spray, Carlos. Okay, there's a re- the replay here. The ball's gone th- and always oh, way over the top. That is red card material. <laughs> if he doesn't go for that. It's uh, 2-0 over there at NIB Stadium. Can we talk? Rodrigo, you can paint a picture. Can you oh, tell us what happened guys. there? guys. I think Ruben Dadkovic just lunged, studs up. He's yeah. hit his shin. And the oh! red card's out. Red that card. is the fastest red card in world <laughs> football history here on the 40 goes. And Ruben Zadkovic is shaking his head. Um, the GPS has just recorded 100 metres. He was 100 not... metres. That's the that's the lowest GPS in uh, football history. No, and, Ruben, oh, that's he's great. saying good sport, on you. Yeah, great uh, sportsmanship. He's just gone to shake the hand of Vinnie Lear. So or, or no, just... no, he's just told Vinnie Lear, no, you, you, you dived. You dived <laughs> and you got me sent off. Thanks very much. I don't think so. Studs up all the time, uh, went right through him, and uh, good to see Vinnie Lear up on his feet. Uh, Ruben Zadkovic sent off after a minute. It's 2 0. Over there at NIB. He, get, he gets paid by the hour, by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. But does he, does he have a shower? Does <laughs> well, he have a shower? You wouldn't have a shower, would you? That's, he, he can go out. That's, just, yeah, that's just going through the motion. <laughs> Straight right. in the car. His yeah. jockstrap hasn't right. even yeah. registered. Uh, that's right. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a young lady at a, at a club or a pub uh, tonight in, in yeah. Western Australia and a guy in purple yeah. just comes in with his shorts yeah. smelling fresh, yeah. well, they'll yeah. have an alluring waft. Anyway, it's 2-0. Let's go back just quickly to the Melbourne victory game. We're going to talk – we want to talk – Talk a bit more about your uh, your time in Japan, Carlos. Yes, I've but, got a couple of little stories. Before we go to yeah. that, we want to talk about Kevin Musket. Mm. How's he going? Um, because you know, seven games unbeaten. Yep. You know, they've they've not really put a foot wrong this year. Warren, you can start. Do you want me to? I'll be. Is honest. this going to be outlandish? No, no. Because Kevin's listening to us right I now. I reckon Kevin Musket is going better than Melbourne Victory fans themselves would have thought he would go. I'll go a step further. I'm surprised you said that because you said something entirely different before the show. (laughs) I'll say this. I'll say this. He's going better than what Ange Postacoglu was going to go before he left. This is his team. And I've got to say, I've been thoroughly impressed. Uh, I mean, last year in patches, I was impressed. And I knew that he was going in the right direction. But with the preseason where he owned the squad, clever recruiting with... Ben Calfalar uh, and and uh, also Delpier, um, I mean, really good professionals who are winners and not relying on the kiddies. I love the kiddies, but they don't win you anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a really professional outfit outfit at the moment, and um, and I just think you know, as I said through this whole first hour, they are championship material because they can win champagne football by playing champagne football, and they can win ugly. And that's what you need to do to win uh, leagues. I think I said this, and I don't know whether you guys remember. I actually reckon Kevin Musket will end up being a better coach than he was a player. Now, Kevin was a great player. That's a a big statement. He He played for the Socceroos. He played many years in in England, a respected, and he was probably one of the absolute stalwart great players of the A-League in the first five years or so. He'll end up a better coach than he is a player. And I think what you've said about the fact that 
I know the coach doesn't have absolute control over the players he picks, but he knows what he wants to get, and he's got everything right. Kel Falar is a perfect example of a guy they got right. The last signing they made on their books was him, Del Pierre, mm, you know... Georgeski. Yeah. Well. He likes to turn things over. No, 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 but he, but By he, the way, he got sent home from the Macedonian yeah. uh, Macedonian Euro camp. Apparently, uh, was a bust up at training. <laughs> Did he? Did you see? So Ke- Kev um, loves him. Kevin's running off. Clearly, yeah. yeah. Kev, Kev was waiting for him at the airport. Yeah. Arm around him. You know, chip off the old block. But he probably did exactly what Kevin told him to do. <laughs> He'll end up a better coach than he was a player. Will he ever coach Australia? Kevin Musk. I know we're I really think speculating he's probably now. a little bit behind. I think he's... Can you see two coaches ahead? You know, I think Popovich is clearly the why, next why, one. Why would Popovich be the next one, necessarily? Why would he be the next, next well, I one? Think I know he's, he's won the... things, but, but is he preparing a team <laughs> that can play... That's probably the main reason. No, no, but... no, but hang on. Mm. Is he preparing a team that can play international football? Now, you'd think that uh, after Ange's reign, we're going to be used to a team that's going to play possession football, uh, going to be very proactive with the way they go about it. Ange won't ever park the bus. Now, I think... I still believe, irrespective of how they go in the Asian Cup, they'll give him all the way to Russia in yeah, uh, 2018. Yep. So we'll As see. they should. Yeah, they should. As they should. So I think, I think that they'll have all that time to build a style of play that will be a proactive style. I don't think Tony Popovich has shown us that yet. Now, he obviously hasn't had the budgets and so forth, but until he shows us that, I'm not, guaranteed, I'm not, not certain that he'll be a, a great international coach. But Kevin Musket, I don't know. You know what I like about Kevin Musket? He actually has a team that doesn't fully rely on playing out the back all the time. They pick and choose what they do. They're not like Ange always had them playing out the, out the back to a point where they were very predictable. Uh, Kevin Musket's got them picking the right decision at the right time. Sometimes out the back, sometimes go along. You just play to your strengths and do what's required at that point in time in the game. Um, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, Someone like Popovich, if you wanted your team to defend better, your national team to defend better, you would probably put Popovich in for that reason because I think he builds teams from the back line forwards. He keeps them tight. But I'll I'll say this to your point about Musket, coach v player. There were moments in his playing history that were ugly, genuinely ugly and regrettable, both in Australia and abroad. However, I think that as a player, he was very, very good. I think that as a Socceroo, he, he, was, he was a guy who galvanised the back line and he, he, he brought a similar sort of energy and verve as does Timmy Cahill these days. And I think that when he put the, the green and gold on, you had no doubt about you know the quality you were going to get from him. And he's, he was always a re- reliable penalty taker. He, he missed very few. Uh, as as a victory player and as a socceroo. But I think a measure also is that he captained many of the teams he played for overseas. I mean, yeah. that that shows a real respect when the Australian is captaining, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, captaining a championship team. Uh, and by the way, he went straight from South Melbourne here, straight into the Crystal Palace team in the first division at that time, or EPL. So, I mean, the guy has taken yeah. a step up and, and adapted to wherever he's gone. And, and when he came back to the A-League, mm. in terms of just his, his technique, uh, he was pretty flawless. The, yeah. the guy can pass and control at the highest level. The old adage, if you wanted to go to war with somebody, Kevin Musket is in that category. But you know the one thing about Tom, Tony Popovich in terms of making a de- decision? The thing that I really like about Tony Popovich, he seems to improve players. 
Nikolai Topper Stanley is a perfect example. Mark Bridge, I think, is another perfect example. There's, Lavalo, less, ex- there's less expectations. There is. There's, no, there's not as much pressure. Have, Matthew Sparanovic had lost his way. He came to Perth. He played Beecham in front of Sparanovic for a long period of time. Sparanovic has come back and I would say arguably can be considered to be right with maybe not Wilkinson, but in terms of who partners Wilkinson, I think Sparanovic oh, is the guy that's going to... It'll be who be partners that. Sparanovic. Yeah, I mean. so I think the thing I like about Popovich, he seems to improve players and gets the best out of them. So I like that. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll take your call on the winning ugly hotline. There's a, one from Adrian. Probably didn't listen to the uh, first hour. Uh, boys, get with the program. Victory play ordinary football at times. Uh, yep, that's why we're calling it the winning ugly hotline. No, I was calling but it. But get the... the job done. When they turn it on, no other teams can match it. It's I think as simple. That's a as nice that. little synopsis of what yep. we did in the first hour there, Adrian. But uh, yeah, look, we just said that they're there. I believe that they're championship material because they can play the sublime football when they need to, and they've got the players to do it. But in games like tonight, where it's a struggle, it's a battle, it's a scrap, they they still either get the draw or, in this case, get the win. Last week against Sydney, they managed to get the draw. Against Adelaide a few weeks ago, they got the draw in, in really, really tough circumstances. And don't forget, against Newcastle, are very, very ordinary in the first you know, 25, 30 minutes, and they end up drawing that game. They should have won it. That's, that's not necessarily form of Melbourne victory, uh, teams of the last couple of years. If they had finished, the, as I said, in the first hour as well, if they had finished a couple of the chances they had made for themselves in the in the 90, it wouldn't have been a winning, ugly vic- victory. Yeah. The fact that they created those chances, uh, it could have been... I've had... There have been games in the history of this sport that have been more winning, ugly. Western yeah. Sydney Wanderers won ugly. Mm. Uh, victory won ugly this, uh, this evening, but just barely. Yeah. And the musket thing, I think... They leaked more goals than any other team in the competition other than Wellington last season victory. Their away form was average. And on a very small sample so far, they were able to go to Newcastle, as you said, come from 2-0 down. They've been able to, you know, make sure that they've been competitive away from home. They drew 0-0 with Sydney away from home. And if you remember, they actually had quite a number of players out that game because of um, international duty and, and, and also young Socceroos duty. So some of the things they needed to work on they're definitely working on them. And that's credit to Muscat in terms of picking good players. I wish Melbourne City could win ugly, says Luke. <laughs> on the, uh... now, now, can I ask a question of you, Luke, if you can identify yourself as a victory fan or a Melbourne City fan? I think, and we'll talk about City later, I think they've been much maligned for, you know, the 2-0 result and then drawing 2-2. It took... An exceptional free kick. And, Carlos, oh. I know you're about to wind up, and you're probably going to say that you saw the game from, I don't know. Oh, uh, I didn't see the game, actually. I didn't see the game, but I don't need to see the games these days because <laughs> when you're 2-0 up with 13 minutes to go and you give, that, you give you know, three, you throw three points away like that and the last, the, 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 the equalising goal by John Hutchinson, off his non-preferred foot in the ninety-third <laughs> minute when no one's closing you down. Unfortunately, I have that replay in my head over and over and over again over the last eighteen months from Melbourne City. Now, I love the guys at Melbourne City; they're lovely guys. As I've said, they're, they're just really great human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Humanitarians. Yeah, they, they, they're terrific guys, but they—they they must be ripping their hair out that they cannot close these games off. Now, Warren, you can't defend that. 
No, no, I'm not you defending can't defend it. it. And the sad thing is, after the way they beat after the way they beat Brisbane the week before, mm. they are actually thirty seconds away from stamping themselves as a different group with new credibility. Yes, to win two in a row. That was the frustrating thing for myself. Who and my whole family that were there, <laughs> Eric Eric Pardalu went in at half time, and on the TV he said, "Oh, you know, we've got to we've got to make sure we we have a better second half because we You're just loving this, aren't you? Vince? We You're we dropped the ball. We we've had a history of dropping the ball in the second half, metaphorically speaking." And and he was right, and he had a great game, by the way. And he's getting we, fitter. We, we, he's going to be good. Eric here. No, yep. no, since you criticised him, Vinny, a few years ago, him. a few weeks ago, yes, uh, he's actually you know because someone tweeted that, by the way, yep. to his Twitter account. Yep. Twitter yep. account. That was me, Eric, uh, and yeah. I did it for you, buddy, because because I know you got it in you. But um, and he, the same thing happened, Warren. They were thirty seconds away. But it's been like that. No, the, no, it's no. It's been like that before. Closer. They've been hours away from credibility before, minutes and hours and games away. They're actually deceptively close to being good. <laughs> they, they are really, really close. They were, 30 the seconds, they were 30 seconds away from being good last week. Johnny Paul Melbourne says uh, they've won one game in 12. Very unlucky. They were 30 <laughs> seconds away from being good. Now, I'm surprised. I tell you now... I think we've got... Have we got them next Friday night? Are we in the studio or is that two weeks away? I don't know. But they play tomorrow night. I'm supremely confident. I'm absolutely confident that they will beat Sydney FC tomorrow night. And you could say unfounded, blind sense, faith. No, no. I'm absolutely confident. I, I, I don't know what to expect because they've got a... They've got the quality. They've, they've had the quality for a while to win games, you know, back-to-back and, and three in a row, four in a row. And so they've had that for a long time. But for some reason, they can't close out games. Is it a softness about them? Is it just lack of professionalism? People talk about concentration. Fair can you're only concentrating over 90 minutes. Yeah, no, well, actually, look. last week was 93 minutes. <laughs> but really, they're footballers. Footballers, you know, you're meant to play for 90-plus minutes. This is your thing. This is what you, know, you do. This is what, you, this is what you're born to do. Now, you may not do it every week, but this is something that's quite regular for and Melbourne Heart defend, slash City. I can't defend anything, and, okay. I, and I have no reason Warren, to say. I don't, oh, like yes, your, I don't like your chances tomorrow. I like, Mel- I like the way Melbourne City plays. I thought in the first game against Sydney uh, earlier this year, they were fantastic. They were all over them. Sydney could not respond in the first half. They were just so so quick and fast and sharp. Everything was looking as it should, given so much has been invested, so much hope has been invested in this team, let alone financial capital and you know that insurance policy that comes from um, the, having the owners that they have. But Sydney had the answers in the second half, and that was early on in the season. I think Sydney has just gotten a little bit better. I think Graham Arnold is is developing a squad that uh, is learning to play for the full 90 and is getting harder and harder to beat, and that's why they're at the top end. That's why I don't think that uh, you'll beat them tomorrow. No Corey Gamero for the rest of oh, the no, season that, for Sydney FC, which is a huge sad. loss for them. And did, did his knee? He has done his uh, knee, and that's really kid, disappointing. Yeah. And, I, and Vinny, Corey Gamero... Great player. A great player who scored 12 goals in pre-season. And that, I know on the face of it, with Shane Smeltz being there and, and you Yanko, know, Yanko yep. who, who took himself out of the Swiss squad 
mm. to fly back. Well, possibly. I don't know what he's doing. He's a Swiss frog. He plays for Austria. Austri- no, sorry. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> he got the wrong ticket. No. You're on fire tonight. No, this is the best you- you've been. No, did you know that he took himself out of the squad? The Aust- he well, took himself- the Swiss He decided squad? not no, to go squad. to Brazil, apparently. Got- he got- took himself out of the squad. Yeah, because yeah. he wants to play for Sydney FC. They pay him a lot more money. Anyway. <laughs> They will win. Got and the wrong I'll hotel. Tell you, I'll tell you now, I won't come on air next Friday night. I'll give myself a one-game suspension. No, no, no. I will. I'll suspend myself for the mistakes I've made with Swiss and Austrian and they played Adelaide. I'll suspend myself for a week, voluntarily. I'm going to give you a chop out here. Mitchell Stark has scored a 99 Thank in you. test cricket. Thank right. you. So Smokey, Smokey listening? Smokey, Smokey. where's Smokey? Get Smokey back on the line because he had... Um, I'll suspend myself for a week if they don't win tomorrow night. No, no, we'll, we'll, ta- we'll, ta- we'll, take it, we'll take it to the full board of the Diego's um, Tribunal. Hey, uh, Melbourne City fan, we threw the three points away last game. As a club, we need to be more ruthless, close games out and mentally adjust to every situation. Luke. Beautifully said, Luke. Beautifully Luke, we're said. very close and, to being a good side. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't, as you know, and, and Rodrigo would know also, we don't barrack for any of the teams. We just love the game. We barrack for the game. <laughs> Right? The yeah. game is a winner for us every week. That's why we never lose, right? <laughs> but, but, uh, and by the way, I, I, having said that, I love Melbourne City too. I, I love that they're in this city oh, and, so they're, right. and there are, there's a derbies and there's, you know, lovely people involved. Oh, I was right? extremely disappointed. But I've got to say, I if, I, if I've supported Melbourne City, I'd be so such a frustrated bloke. You tear your hair out, Carlos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, you know, I'm not even a supporter. I've been tearing my hair out. I'm Melody. glass half full. I'm yeah. glass half full. Hey, let's take a break now. Um, when uh, On a night when Melbourne Victory defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0 with thanks to a known goal from Jade North in the uh, 77th minute. Eddie Hatt Stadium, 23,740 people. Good win to the victory. They'll take the three points and move on. Um, <laughs> Perth Glory, a two. Wellington Phoenix, a nil. In the 80th minute at NIB Stadium, Perth Glory have got 10 men after Rubens Atkovic was sent off after a minute from coming on. Was it a minute? It was, <laughs> it was, it was seconds. It was probably less than that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll work that out. But uh, let's take a break now and come back. And we'll, after this, we're going to talk a little bit more. We, we spoke about Japan versus Australia mm. and what was going on around the Australian camp. Uh, we're going to speak to you, Carlos, after this break on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On becoming owner-manager of Hereford United in 1997, Graham Turner said, The first thing I'll do is negotiate a pay rise, give myself a 10-year contract, and then sack myself. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 11.16 SEN, the four Diegos. Sierra. Looking for Boyd. Might break for Boyd. Down he goes, and the referee's pointed for the spot penalty. Well, he's already made one big call loose in Lavender. Boyd just seemed to nudge Risen off the ball. Another decision, what does Risen get? He's got that one right, the referee. Greenwich now with a great chance to get himself back into this match. Big moment this for Roy Krishna. Krishna against Vukovic. Krishna scores. It's a lifeline for Wellington Phoenix. Yes, it was a bit of a lifeline, but they lost to Perth Glory 2-1. Uh, Daniel De Silva and Andy Keogh scored for Perth Glory and Krishna for Wellington Phoenix. 2-1 in the end. Uh, so Do Perth you Glory drown were... when you don't take advantage of the lifeline? 
you, you, you lose, Carlos. And it's, uh, <laughs> See, Rodrigo, if they'd been playing Melbourne City, they would have <laughs> <laughs> had a chance. They would have had a chance. I'd say what, they nearly scored right at the end there too. Uh, but anyway, um, tonight we've, uh, it's been the Winning Ugly hotline. Um, and, of course, all that audio tonight we've heard is with thanks mm. to Fox Sports. Um, just hearing Michael Cockrell there and... Uh, a bit of the commentary, very interesting stuff. Hey, Luke from Seaford, uh, he's been texting us all night. Nice to hear that you've got a voice, Luke. Welcome to the show. Hi, fellas. How you going? Yeah, good, very man. well, thanks. That's good. You talk about frustration and tearing hair out and all that sort of stuff. Well, um, take the Brisbane game a couple of weeks ago. I was lucky enough to get up there with my family and that, and it was just it was an amazing game of football, and we played with flair and and creativity, and we put Brisbane to the sword a couple of times, which was fantastic, and it was great to be one of only a handful of city supporters in front of 17,000 Brisbane supporters, so that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Then you live on a high for a week, you come home with expectations of winning the game because, uh, like probably most city fans after beating Brisbane, we expected to win that game. But you take one key component out of that team who I believe is our best player at the moment, and that's Aaron Moy. Yep. He's probably our best player. His creativity, his his, uh, his passing ability is unbelievable at the minute, and his, um, <clears throat> his ability to control the game at his feet and find that outlet pass, he's the sort of person that we missed for that last 20 minutes who could take that pass, hold on to the ball, and then look for an outlet for a winger or someone just to move the ball on. So... I think without him for that last 20 minutes of that game, that that was a really pivotal point for the club. But in saying that, though, when he you know he comes back into the team, and I'm like Carlos, I expe- I'm expecting to beat Sydney yep. tomorrow night. I'm, I'm going there with full of confidence that we will beat Sydney if we play the game that we know how to play. But I am looking forward more towards Christmas time when we get our marquee player, a guy like Robert Corrin, who can sit between the two central midfielders and the attackers and the wingers and sit in the middle and just be the playmaker. I think the team as a whole will be completely different when you have those cogs in place. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Luke, I agree. This is um, Warren here, and I think I actually said that they'll beat Sydney tomorrow night. Not that I don't want to give Carlos credit. I think you're right. I mean, Aaron Moy was really, really good against Brisbane, and... I think he is a pivotal player with Corrin not playing, absolutely pivotal. But if I'm to be critical, you know, Melbourne victory came from 2-0 down and had lots of players missing because of Socceroos duty and stuff. I don't think Melbourne City are anywhere near the depth in terms of being able to replace. They've got some good young players who have come come in, Mork's one of them, and uh, they've got a number of others. I think Moy is a hugely important player for Melbourne City, and I think... You're right, you get to Christmas, and I don't think it's just Corrin, but I also think that uh, Josh Kennedy will make a difference because I think DeGandich and Williams will play off him really effectively. I'm a little bit concerned defensively. I know Villart and um, Kisnorbo are good, but I'm worried a little bit for pace. Still not absolutely sure about Ramsey in the fullback position, and... They certainly, we talk about Barbarossa's having a game. That was the game against Ramsey down that side when, when actually Melbourne City were in front. But I'm frustrated like you as a supporter because they were that close to being a good side by putting two in a row last week. I just hope that 
their fragile confidence, which has always been a city uh, an issue for for Hart or City. I just hope they haven't lost confidence after after last week. I think Pardlew's getting a lot fitter. He's improving incrementally every week. I think he's only going to get stronger. I think the bones are there for a team that, you know what, are they a top four side? Probably not at the moment. Do they make finals? Absolutely. Do I think they can finish? At or around where Perth finish, I do. I don't think they're going to reach the the level of necessarily Sydney, Adelaide, and Melbourne over the course of a season. But, but if they, but they're getting better. If they deliver performances like Luke set up in Brisbane a few weeks ago, what I liked about that performance wasn't that they took the lead, but when Brisbane came back and made it, I think two one, they scored again. They. Yeah, they came yep. back and actually, with a couple of changes, they actually took control of the game again. It was a beautiful goal by Marino. So that's what I want to see Melbourne City do because it means that they're not going to just fall apart the minute the team gets one back. And uh, I think, you know, I didn't see the game last week, so I'm only speculating, but from the sounds of things, in the last 13 minutes, they were all over the shop. Would, would I be right in saying that? Or, or, they, or were they, Look, just... they switched off. They, they yeah. weren't all over. They just switched okay. off. In saying that, Carlos, games are decided in seconds. Now, it's the first time, and good. And I said this during the week, and I genuinely mean it. They encroached on a free kick. Trafiro got the opportunity to take the free kick again after a yellow card because they encroached in front of the the shaving cream. The second <laughs> no, and yeah, second right. time around, he scored an absolutely sublime goal. Which, if they'd actually not encroached, would have gone, you know, over the top, and still would have been two nil. So it was decided on a thing. But as soon as the fir- that, you know what. As soon as the first goal for Central Coast came, it's almost like the whole psychology and the whole momentum of the game switched to the point where, as a City fan, you were thinking, oh no, just hold on, just hold on. Yep. And that's the disappointing aspect because I, felt, I feel like it just goes through the whole team. And, and that's what's and got to change. It's, it's happened quite regularly for a long time. Yep. What, and what, that's the problem. Because, what struck me? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was just saying, that's the problem. I mean... You don't want to talk about culture, but if it continues on, I mean, given it's been there for a long time anyway, it's going to be in, in sort of ingrained in that team. And it, they're never going to believe that they can win games or close things out. And that's a big problem. With that game, the most interesting thing for me was um, Mariners had scored and then the ball went to Redmayne and Redmayne was just going to you know, let the clock go and the Mariners were just watching and then someone said, go put pressure on the keeper so he disposes of it. And once that happened, they they got one back. And it was very interesting because, for me, Mariners didn't even expect to win that game. Interesting stuff. Let's go through the games, guys. They, they take on Sydney FC tomorrow night at Amy Park. Uh, Warren, you think uh, they're going to win? Yep, uh, I do. Vinny? Look, I don't think they're going to win. I, I don't know whether it'll be a draw or a win to Sydney, but I'll go. I, I don't like sitting on the fence, Rodrigo. That's what you do. I'm going to say <laughs> Sydney wins. Okay, it'll be a one-all draw as far as I'm concerned. No, for me, <laughs> for me, uh, I think uh, I'm with Warren. I just want to think City will win. Uh, they should win, but there's every chance that they won't. <laughs> but they should win. You start to sound like me. Yeah, no, but they should win. So that's my tip. There you go. What about um, Western Sydney Wanderers and Newcastle Jets? I've oh, got to be West uh, Sydney, yeah. That's actually at 5pm tomorrow. Yeah, West Sydney for me. I'll say one thing. Wanderers can't win... They can't win it, and 
if they don't win tomorrow night. You mean they they can't win? They can't win the whole thing. Premiership. Yep. They won't win it anyway. But no, they might make. They might not make finals. I know that's a big big thing. But I think the FFA has to just say, listen, any team that beats Wanderers gets the Asian Cup for a week. (laughs) Yes, that's not a bad idea, I reckon. Um, And Central Coast Mariners and Adelaide United in Gosford on Sunday at five. Adelaide. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Draw. I like Central Coast. You're kidding. Central Coast will get a point there. No, they've lost their way. Yeah. Looking forward to the rest of the A-League games tonight. It was uh, Melbourne Victory who defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0. Jade North scored an own goal for Brisbane Raw uh, from, uh, from Melbourne Victory in the 77th minute. Eddie Had Stadium, 23,740. Perth Glory defeated Wellington Phoenix 2-1. De Silva and Keogh uh, scored for Perth. And Krishna scored a penalty for Wellington Phoenix. Hey, hey, just a quick text message here. Need your help again, boys. You mentioned us last week too, and we're happy to do this. Ivanhoe City Soccer Club is starting in 2015. We're looking for boys and girls of all ages, skill levels to be part of Ivanhoe's first soccer club, which fantastic, is fantastic. Yeah. Registration for players available at the Ivanhoe Primary School Fair tomorrow from 10am to 4pm. Details on the Ivanhoe City Facebook page. Thanks, boys. Great show, and thanks for your support, Ole. It's our absolute pleasure. Good luck to the Ivanhoe uh, City group over there, the soccer club. So um, no problem. Hey, that's it for this week's show. It's been a big show. Don't forget All Night Appetite after the Diego's with Benny Jones, who was probably at the footy tonight, and we'll talk about that. So remember, Carlos. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? Over there. there. Where have you, Samba, Rumba, and La Bamba? Over there. there. Where are the girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet? Over there. there. Where the gringos play football? Over there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Over there.